0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. EFI AAA also wants to thank our other great sponsors, including our diamond sponsors, Varsity Brands, featuring BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our other diamond sponsor, Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing helps thousands of schools across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, families, and fans. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Gipper Sports Graphics, made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. And Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Thanks to all of our great FIAAA sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by Violet Defense. Our guest today is Tina Queen. Tina is a Certified Athletic Administrator and she's the Director of Athletics at Reginald Lewis High School in Baltimore, Maryland. Tina, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: We're we're excited to hear what's going on up in your neck of the woods. So uh, for our listeners, we're recording this on July 15th. So this is gonna be pretty timely information. Um, Tina, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and and maybe that path that brought you to uh, your current position.
1: Um, Well, I'm born and raised in um, East Baltimore. um, In East Baltimore, I um, went to um, the legendary Dunbar High School in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Don't want to tell my age, but. (laughs) You're just a
0: kid, okay?
1: (laughs) And um, I uh, actually went to um, Coppin, it was Coppin State, now it's Coppin University, um, Mm -hmm. on a full ride for basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't know it, but I was actually a nursing student. I was, I was a nursing student for, um, actually I was in the program for the entire program um, until, um, I had to do my clinical and when it came time to do my clinical, I couldn't do the rotations in the hospital because of my basketball scholarship. So, um, I got kicked out, uh, <laughs> got kicked out, but thankfully, um, I had so many of the, um, science credits. Like the right. kinesiology and, you know, I had all those science credits. I was able to switch over to adaptive PE. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to um <laughs> switch pretty easily. I was heartbroken, but, yeah. you know, it worked out for the best. It oh, worked no. out
0: yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I remember the same, th- they're similar, you know, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I just knew, uh-huh. you know, I wanted to go to college and continue with sports. So right. you know, I took all the sciences. I took all the required courses and, you know, my junior, senior year, I had settled on coaching and education. Uh, it was a, a very relaxed two years there. So uh, I, I can relate. Yeah. Well, talk about, best, Oh, go you know, ahead.
1: The best decision of my life oh, to oh. actually make that switch.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's funny when you look back at those, you know, twists and turns of the path that we have uh, gotten on. Um, talk about that path, you know, so after graduation, um, you know, talk about some of those early jobs, teaching and coaching that, that led to your position as an athletic director.
1: Um, when I, um, like I said, I was an adaptive PE major at Coppin. So I was able to work with, the. I don't know if many of you remember the NYSP program. I was, I worked for it, it was the National Youth Sports Program, and it was in a lot of the colleges, um, so um, my director of, um, his name was Dr. Tucker, he, um, he ended up employing me um, during the summer, and I started as a, a little basketball instructor, and I worked my way up to the liaison, and I just kind of started really falling in love with working with, the youth. Um, so I went from there. Um, I started working at the Bear School as a um just for service um hours. Um, the Bear School is one of the schools for um a, it's adapt it's an adaptive school for right. students who have severe um, disabilities. And um it was the most rewarding thing I could have ever done. Um, just working with students who, you know, don't have the ability as many of us. And just to do some of the simpler things just to be able to hold a ball and let it roll. And um, I felt like working with um, the Bear School led me to wanna work with um, Special Olympics and Unified. Um, I went to Southwestern was my first school. Um, I didn't get hired as an adaptive PE teacher, which I wanted to do. Um they only had a regular position. I went in, um, nothing like I experienced wanted to experience because I was I was looking for something else. and um, I, w- I wasn't getting it because um, I wanted to work with adaptive. I wanted to be I wanted to do adaptive. Um, so then I had to kind of reshift my focus. Um, so I got more in tune with athletics, so I started coaching like, you know, coaching um, badminton. That was my first sport, believe it or not. Um, Because, you know, in high school, it's hard to get those basketball jobs. It's kind of hard. So I had to start with the little sports. And um, I went from badminton to volleyball. Finally, I was able to coach um, JV boys basketball. Oh, wow.
0: I mean, I'm always curious, and again, you're a little bit younger than I am, but uh, I think we're still probably from that same era. Um, how was that? Because uh, that would have been back in, say, the earlier days. How was that? You know, as a, a woman with a strong basketball background, obviously, how was that coaching boys? Um, um, it was, it was, it was,
1: um, it was challenging at first. I'm not even going to tell. It was challenging, just trying to gain the trust of them and um, getting out there. I had to perform, play with them, just so that they can say, "Okay, she knows what she's talking about." Mm-hmm. So, and I thought the perspective of a woman coaching a male sport—well, not a male sport, but coaching males—right? Females tend to focus more on fundamentals more than skill set, so. Being able to teach the JV the, the proper skills that's needed to to play actually benefited the varsity because those kids I felt my kids were not patting myself on the back I felt my those kids were ready for varsity because they had the skills that and they didn't go to varsity with bad habits and I think sometimes our kids come to they tend to come to us with bad habits and it's hard to break so i just felt like i gave a different perspective as a woman coaching males um and i think with the personality of my varsity coach um mr Tari leverett he was a strong like "Ah," and i was kind of like you know you know less so i was he was like hot and i was cold so we were kind of we kind of you know meshed pretty well together so it kind of worked so it, it went well and we we
0: won, like we, we, we won <laughs> a lot of winning. Yeah. No, but again, I'm always curious as to, you know, those stories that, that mm-hmm. end up making us who we are. And as you know, you, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, the world is full of, you know, great basketball players, men and women who mm-hmm. just don't have that coaching or teaching tool in their toolbox. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, you, you had that teaching tool in, in yours. To, right. To get the job done uh, uh, let our listeners know about uh, you know again that transition from teacher coach into mm-hmm. ad you know how did that occur
1: um that was that was hard the, the transition to athletic director was hard from teachers to coach to athletic director for the simple fact you the ad duties is so is more administrative and i wanted to focus and my love is still working with the kids. So I was dealing more with other athletic directors, administrators, I was dealing more with the administrators in the building, you know, constantly on the phone, scheduling buses. And I was missing the interaction with the kids. And I thought that, um, you know, I, I I couldn't, I needed to find a balance. And, it, and so I just had to, make sure that I still had that interaction with the kids. So I had to start planning time to still do the things that keep you humble. And that's, and the kids humble you often. They will humble you, you know. Um, it's, and, and I think for myself, keeping in touch with the kids and making sure that I had a relationship with those kids because that's the in order to fully get, in order to fully get everything out of a, of a person or a student, you have to understand them. You have to know where they come from. You have to, you know, you have to realize that everyone doesn't have the same home life as the next kid. Mm-hmm. So you have to tap into what it is that's going to sort of make them tick. And so I realized that. The only way that I can get my kids to perform is to tell them, unless they have a why, they will never amount to their full potential. When you do when any, anytime you do something, it has to, you have to have a why. And that was one of the things. So every time, and I have students that still keep in contact with me via Facebook. And they always say to, say to Miss Queen and say, um, the one thing that they remember, I always told them is, what's your why? And they still
0: to this day, what's the why? <laughs> and that's so true. Uh, you know, whether it's you're working with kids or whether you're working with your coaches or, or even parents sometimes uh, is being able to understand and articulate and and, and use your why. Uh, yeah. Tini, you you talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to ask you to go a little bit deeper. In our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship.
1: So Mm -hmm. I'm curious,
0: who are some of your mentors growing up? Maybe, you know, family members or coaches or even people that you've worked with or worked for. Um, Whose voice do you still hear in your head uh, when you're uh, talking to a kid or a coach?
1: Some of my mentors professionally, my uh, some of my mentors um, was definitely um, it was Mr. Dave Lang, he was my first athletic director. Um, Linda Mitchell Holmes, she was the one who kind of bolded me at Copy. Um, Then, um, of course, the legendary Bob Wade. Um, (laughs) I got my toughness, you know, he was, you know, it was just tough. And he also, it's funny because he was my athletic director in high school, and then I ended up working for him in Baltimore City. Um, Jessica Ivy, she was our um, physical education person, and um, she was just always so, um, she was always, she, she, she was very poised and... You know, she was just very articulate, you know, she was very, you know, I thought that was something that I took from her.
0: That's okay. Don't worry about it. (laughs) You know, I always love to hear the stories of, you know, those people that have touched, you know, your lives. It's just a great Mm -hmm. reminder that we didn't get here uh, by ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we had those Mm -hmm. people helping us, sometimes pushing us. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Anybody else you can share with us?
1: My mom, my mom, of course my mom, you know, she um, although I came from a two parent home, um, you know, my mom was the the backbone. She um she was the hardest working woman I ever met. Um she didn't, she's from um down south. <laughs> So, um, she didn't have, she didn't finish high school. My dad didn't, um, my dad didn't even go to high school. My, my parents were older when they had, so, um, and uh, my mom used to say, baby, you was a oops baby. She saw him call me an oops baby because she was, they were older. So, um, and my brothers and sisters were older than me. So, um, yeah, she. She just worked like, I didn't get to see her much because she worked so much, taking care of the household. And uh, my dad, he had um, romantic fever or something and it caused him, one of his legs um, didn't work. You know, he had a limp, severe limp. So I I guess back then I didn't know enough about this, I guess, disabilities and stuff like that. And he he really didn't work. But my mom, you know, she worked, took care of five. It was five of us, five kids. Um, but um, she, um, she ended up um, before I could graduate college. She ended up dying from um, cancer. She didn't have, um, we didn't have medical insurance, so.
0: Well, Tina, I really appreciate you sharing that. You know, um, you know, obviously, you know, your, your parents yeah. had a great impact on you and your mom. And it, it, it,
1: well, absolutely. Yeah. She she just told me, you know, um, even though I'm emotional, she always told me to, you know, never make excuses, never let your, your home situation, you know, you don't want people to feel sorry for you. You know, she was just one of those type of people. She said, you get out there, you grind. That was her mentality. Like, you get out there, you work. If you, if anything in life is heavy, don't allow people to give you anything.
0: Um, well, just talking to you here a little bit now, I can tell that, you know, that love you have for your mom is uh, uh, shown yeah. and expressed in, in how you deal with your uh, the kids that you come in contact with. What a great legacy oh, and what a great way I, to honor her memory.
1: Oh, absolutely. She, like I said, she just... Um, she was just a, she was a wonderful person. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, I just, I, I never forget the time when, um, cause I was actually a better track runner than a, I was a sprinter and a high jumper. And, um, I was being recruited from Morgan and some other schools for track. And, um, I got turned off because I didn't realize, cause I was just, when I was telling you about people, kids who have skill sets, I was just, I was just sad, you know, but I, ne- I never worked on my craft. Like I never, I was never one of those ones that would at to track constantly working on my form, you know, I was just gifted. I was just, I just had speed. And um, so the coach came and he was like, I can do this with you. We're going to build this. You're going to, you know four or five in the morning practices I'm saying, I'm saying huh and he's talking about we're gonna and i'm saying hmm i don't know if i want to do this so then i was at a track meet no lie i was at a track meet and the basketball coach from poppin was there to, to he was there to see a relative of his run and they saw me and um so he said hey young lady he was like you um you play basketball? And I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, you know, okay. So he like, you mind coming to an open gym? So I went to an open gym and I was, of course, because I'm over six feet, I'm the center. I'm the center. So he, I was inbounding the ball, beating everybody down the court, waiting for the layup. He was like, oh, I got to come side you. So he comes to my house, comes to my house, sits down with my mom and, um, He's like, I want to offer your daughter a scholarship. And she was like, and she don't know. She was like, what, you know, what's that? He was like, I want a full ride to college. And um my mom, <laughs> my mom just turned around and looked at me. She said, What you do to get that scholarship? I said, What you mean what I did? She was, he was, she was like, she she never really, I never talked about basketball. Like I right. never, I was always in track. So I ended up getting a scholarship and um, she was so happy because she was like, and one day she said, so she said, I don't know how I was going to pay for you to go to college. And I said, "Um, I said, well, I want to work. She was like, no, because that was her only thing. She wanted me to be the first to get a college degree. So I am the only one to get a college degree of the sibling, actually my family. So she was just like, um, she didn't get a chance to see me walk across the college stage, but I'm pretty sure she knew that I was going to finish but um that was just the thing like I ended up actually it's crazy like, I ended up getting a basketball scholarship on a whim like just because I was somewhere running track on a Saturday it was the matter was the carver relay and that's when I got picked up to run play basketball See, so,
0: and and that's another great example of why we preach multi-sport participation in high school because yeah. uh, yeah. you never know what's gonna happen yeah
1: uh, and I tell kids that. I tell him I said, you know, sometimes the sport that you are not suited for is the sport, the, the sport that you don't want to play is the sport that you're probably most suited for. And Prime Case um is a I don't he, he played for Mid Southwestern. His name is Wayne Dorsey. And I told you like, our basketball team was was our basketball team was, I mean, we had um Jamal Barney who went to Providence. We had Wayne Dorsey. We had, I mean, we had some kids that was just getting recruited by some big time schools. And, um, Wayne was standing in the doorway one day. And one of, one of my basketball players who actually did play football was getting recruited. And the college scout came to the door and Wayne was standing in the door. And so the guy looked at him and said, you gotta be somebody tight end, son. And, um. And he like, no, I, I play basketball. And he said, well, son, you need to play football. Long story short, he ends up going to Mississippi Gulf. I don't know if you heard of Mississippi Golf. big oh, yeah. college, Right. College. He goes there. He calls me, my well, they call me, my mom, I'm playing football. Football? <laughs> like, football? He ends up going there, play football, ends up getting a scholarship to ole miss played for ole miss didn't get drafted by the oakland raiders isn't it crazy and i'm sitting there like he was he played basketball the whole time it's like and he did not play football in high school wow are you just he never played football in high school never like i was just so like wow like and it's like you said, it's just those things. And I, and I reached out to that recruiter and I said to him, I said, you know that kid ended up playing football? He said, I know he came and beat us. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: That is so cool. Okay, For yeah. listeners, we're visiting with Tina Queen, Certified Athletic Administrator and the Director of Athletics at Reginald Lewis High School in Baltimore, We're gonna take a quick break, but we're coming back. Uh, Let's hear a word from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. (laughs) Violet Defense is the sponsor of the Educational AD Podcast, and they are dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back everyone. We're visiting with Tina Queen from Reginald Lewis High School in Baltimore. Tina, you've been an athletic director for a long time. You've certainly seen some good programs, but right now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So
1: uh-huh.
0: what are a couple of things that you do at your school with your coaches or your kids that you're particularly proud of? And When you look at you say, Boy, we really do a great job with this. Can you share some best practices?
1: Um, best, well, I work at a small school. right? Regional Lewis is a one A school, which means we have less than four hundred less than four hundred kids. So, I pride myself on hiring coaches who have the same philosophy as me as actually teaching the kids the fundamental skills and the game. You know. I'm not i I'm not into having the, the show boat players out there doing you know things on their own. I'm not I try to treat all of my we try to treat all of our athletes the same. We do know you're gonna have some standouts, some superstars, but sometimes I think if you stroke that ego too soon, they kinda they they never reach their max potential. So we try to make sure that we we uh we ner- I guess I'm a nurturer. So my coaches, although they're male, they're, um, they're not the nurturer that I am, but they do understand what it takes to get the kid to the next level. So we do focus on building skills, building those skills that are needed to actually play the game. I think the game is played much better once you understand the, if you understand the game, if you understand the concept of the game, And if you understand, if you have the skills to actually perform this game, basketball is one of those games where everyone thinks they can go out there and and be Stephon Carey or be LeBron James. LeBron James and them put in the work, they put in the the effort, they put in hours of shooting free throws, making sure that the elbow is in, you know, fouls through. You know, they're not out there with the elbow turned to the side. That, you know, Stephon Carey, he shoots a prior thousand shots because he's working on being consistent, you know, proper form. So, yes, sometimes they can make that those fabulous plays, but you got to understand their body is conditioned to shoot the ball a certain way. They're conditioned to take the blow when they go to the basket and to, to follow, to make the layup. So it's just certain things. You cannot be LeBron James and a Kobe Bryant if you don't put it in the work. Like you have to develop the skills and that's what my coaches and I do. We work on skills, period. And then the kids kind of buy in. Yes, they want to go out there. I want to do this. I want to do the, the, all the snow, baby. We going to do, we're going to focus on the basics right now. So basically that's what my school does. We really teach. We are a teaching coaching staff. And if you can't do that, you're not going to get 10 hundred LeBron James coming through the door. So we're going to have to teach dribbling with can hit, you know dribbling eyes straight you know what I'm saying get the tennis ball dribble the tennis ball so we we do all those things at my school and um and we're learning like people they do ask how do you do it because I don't have the numbers like the polys the westerns the dunbars I have to take whoever comes through the door Whereas though I'm for real, like I my intercom messages, I take everybody like lottie dottie everybody like come on out. So we literally have to teach, and you know I wish I had a school where so I I get the girls who went to travel, uh, they play travel volleyball. I don't get those girls. I don't get any of them. I get girls who look at me like, Danny never touched a volleyball before, but yet we are we before COVID, we were the 1A um, chat, reason chat. And when you look, and if you see them coming through the door, you'd be like, how did she pull that off? <laughs> Gotta go back to basics. And um, I, I and I found, like, I have a great relationship with my coaches. My coaches know that they can come to me um, for anything. We, you know, um, I'm one of those you know, I'm one of those ads where so, if you need me coming in there and, and clean the gym floor for you, I'm come in there and clean the gym floor for you. You know, I, it's nothing that's too above me. Oh, I'm the AD. I'm not cleaning that. No, you. What you need me to do? I'll do it. It's like, you, know, you need me coming in there help? I'll come and help you. You know, it's just you know, you gotta stay humble in this job. You can't feel like you're above anybody. And you know, you want coaches that don't look down on your kids. You want coaches that have empathy for these kids, you know, and listen to them sometimes. Listen to what they say, You know, be a great listener. We, we Communication is always going to be key in any program that you have. If you can't communicate with your staff or you can't communicate with your students, then it's going to be a breakdown.
0: You know, I, I love what you talked about earlier. You said that, you know, you're a big believer in fundamentals and then you talked about teaching skills. Um, which is just so important. The other point that you brought up, um, you know, not everyone's going to coach at one of those elite schools in their career. And, you know, and I, I tell our coaches, and our coaches, they do a great job, just like your coaches. Yeah. I, I say, if, if we had those elite kids, I wouldn't need you. Okay. I'd coach them. Okay. I'd just drive <laughs> up with the bus and, and let them go play. But yeah. you know, I need you to teach them those skills and fundamentals. So, no, it's just great, great stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tina, another question I've been asking our athletic directors uh, since we've been doing these the past year Mm -hmm. um, revolves around this idea of social awareness and social justice. And my question Mm -hmm. is this, how can we as athletic administrators, how can we do better uh, in this area of of social awareness for our kids, our, our parents, our community? How can we do a better job?
1: Is how we can. I think we need the powers to be to include us in what's going on. I really, I really believe that. And and, and it's crazy to ask that question because I think about this often. And I'm like, when you ask the students if they can remember people from high school, or they always bring up a coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They always bring up their coach. Man, Coach So and so, Coach, my thing is we need to be at the table. I really believe that athletic administrators, coaches, there should be some type of, like here in Baltimore, crime is at its worst. I mean, I mean, it is just, and I know we have other issues. You have the Brianna uh Taylors and the George Floyd's, and you have that, I, I, I. Please understand when I say this. I, I, I get those. But for me, it's the kid that walked through my door and never comes back. Because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. and He even got shot. You know, I'm tired of having to do memorials on the side of my building for, for my students. So, yes, I do understand George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor. I know we want justice and all this stuff like that. I want justice for the for the kid that walks through my hall, that walks down my hallway and tells me, see you tomorrow and don't come back. His mom calls up to the school and say, my son was shy. That's the, you know, that's the justice I want. I want the justice, I want to be able to sit at a table with some of these politicians and, and talk about how can we change the mindset of our kids so that you know, that we, so they don't pull out a gun first. You know, we can start, we can start working on mm-hmm. uh, conflict resolution skills. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, why is it that, I worked in Southwestern, and this is no joke. Southwestern was a 4A school. We had over 2,000 kids. We had kids from Mercy Home, Lexington West Side, Catherine, Yale Heights, Emerson Village, all of them was different territories and gang. Just I mean, was fight all day long. After three o'clock. Them same kids in the gym playing basketball. What happened to the conflict? What happened to why are you not fighting now? The the they were sitting, I mean, they talking to each other. They high-fiving. Good job, man. Soon as they walked out the door, I can't walk with you because you live in Edmonton Village. So I have to now catch the bus to go. I can really walk with you to get to my house, but I can't walk through your neighborhood because I'm from Yale Heights. But you had to go through Edmonton Village to get to Yale Heights. But, I, but the one common denominator was when they was in the gym they didn't have yes. any issue. you see what i'm saying
0: uh, absolutely you know sport can be that bridge but i think your point you brought up initially <laughs> you know people like ourselves you know if yes. we can get a seat at the table and and get help a with these discussions uh, great great yes. stuff you now thanks so much for sharing yeah. mm-hmm. Well, Tina, this has just been wonderful. I didn't know you at all before this podcast, but now uh, I feel like I've known you for a, a few years. Definitely want to connect with you in Denver at the national conference, but we're not done yet. Okay. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. I've okay. already established, you know, you're an experienced AD. You've been doing this for a mm-hmm. while, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director. On their very first job. But I'm only gonna let you put three tools in their toolbox. Mm-hmm. The three tools are gonna to go in Tina Queen's athletic director toolbox.
1: Oh, that's a good word. Only three? Ooh, only three. Ugh. So it's a new AD, and I'm only giving them three tools.
0: Right. We know that they need a lot more, but what are your three most important ones?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, well, one is going to be... Um, yeah, I don't know how to answer because I want to say, you can't be athletic director without a cell phone, but I ain't going to go that way. But I'm going to say the three tools that they definitely need is to make sure that they have a, um, they got to have that communication They gotta have that communication they gotta definitely have um they definitely have to have empathy and i think they also have to um i think good leaders have to also know how to follow you have to also um so i'm going to say that they have to have um i don't know how i don't know what skill it is what how you define that skill but i always said that in order for me to continue to be successful in this business, I have to make sure that I keep my um, I got to stay current with all the trends. So I would just say um, they have to make sure they had that um, knowledge for um, education. But uh, they have to have the knowledge for um, athletics. So that means you have to continue to keep learning and like going out conferences and stuff. So that's the best thing. So they have to be able to be <laughs> There you go. NI, NIAA, they got to make sure they can communicate effectively, and they have to also make
0: sure they have empathy. There you go. So, see, I, I let you get four in there, okay? <laughs> okay. And those, those are all great, great examples, and all of them are in our uh, book, The Athletic Director's Toolbox. So, yeah. Tina Queen, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, um, how can they get a hold of you? What's, uh, what's the best email address?
1: Um, T is in Tina, Q U E-E-N 01 at B is in Boy, C is in Cat, T is in Paul, S is in FAM dot K12.md dot S.
0: Okay. Very good. And uh, I'm sure that information is also on the NIAAA uh, website. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tina, thanks so much for being on and all the best uh, in this coming school year.
1: Okay. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. This is wonderful. Keep doing what you're doing because you're making a lot of us like, uh, I, can, I, I purposely log on to NIAAA just to see what's going on. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.
1: Have a great day.